In that interview, Mr. Mifsud lied. You point this out on page 193, volume one, Mifsud denied. Mifsud also falsely stated. In addition, Mifsud omitted. Three times he lied to the FBI, yet you didn't charge him with the crime. Excuse me, are, did you Why say not? one? I'm sorry, did you say 193? Volume one, 193. He lied three times, you pointed out in the report. Why didn't you charge him with the crime? Uh, I can't get into uh, internal deliberations with regard to who would or would not be. Uh, charge a lot of other people for making false statements. Let's remember this. Let's remember this. In 2016, the FBI did something they probably haven't done before. They spied on two American citizens associated with a presidential campaign, George Papadopoulos and Carter Page. With Carter Page, they went to the FISA court. They used the now famous dossier as part of the reason they were able to get the warrant and spy on Carter Page for a better part of a year. With Mr. Papadopoulos, they didn't go to the court. They used human sources. All kinds of, from about the moment Papadopoulos joins the Trump campaign, you got all these people all around the world starting to swirl around him. Names like Halper, Downer, Mifsud, Thompson, Meeting in Rome, London, all kinds of places. The FBI even sent even sent a lady posing as somebody else, went by the name Azra Turk, even dispatched her to London to spy on Mr. Papadopoulos. All right. This is the Human Condition Podcast. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I just got my new setup finally finished, finally functional, where uh, it's not completely... Uh, <laughs> it's not completely... Um, saturated with uh, interference and i don't know if it was a loot bank system or some kind of uh i don't know but i plugged in with a phantom power um xlr and it seemed to function just fine so um i got a new mic and that does require phantom power um so there's that but uh size anyway it's off but Despite my previous setbacks, um, I was able to retain my second half of this one from last night. It's probably going to be the end of it. But I wanted to outline, before I started, a boring spiel about uh, legalese. Just uh, the nomenclature of law, law law-based language. policy and uh there's a lot going on there's oh there's so much going on testimonies dealing with trump and uh comey and fucking testifying in front of jordan it's like crazy i'm probably gonna throw a clip at the end because uh what's going on is just just so much going on that you can't keep track of everything that's going on um now um Somehow it slipped upon me, and I'm pretty glad um, I checked some relatively new uh, social media news. Uh, not through social media, and just happened upon it, but Elon Musk, I'm sure a lot of people have heard it, um, he did drop those documents. Uh, now, I, I'm, um, Elon Musk is a complicated character in my book. Uh, one, he's done a lot of good for free speech and deplatforming or fixing the deplatforming uh, censorship problem, 
with uh, the bias, political bias that seems to permeate that fucking goddamn company. But uh, now he released the the straight up documents about phantom bounty. You cannot trend. You algorithmically, um, they are able to artificially manipulate pop culture, and this is what I've been saying for a while now. Like, I didn't quite use it like that, um, but pretty much I said it like that. I, the, algor- the algorithm, they're able to literally artificially inseminate ideas through um, a saturation of uh, what's being displayed. It gives an artificial consensus, consensus uh, that we as social creatures create this function of herd mentality we we love to go with because opposing brings only destruction as soon as we oppose the uh the uh the function that our society needs to uh perpetuate cohesion we Limit, limit and lower our chances of uh, survival. So this idea of herd mentality, it, it, it goes hand in hand with human nature. I just, uh, even though we've seen this and we see what the hell's going on all around us, it seems as if there's no surprise. There's no, this is kind of a uh, lesser magic function. It's like where they put it into pop culture through popular conscience, and then you just kind of uh, accept the outcome. You already pre-scripted to uh, be less outraged when preemptively, um, subconsciously primed for that action. And that's that's a thing. That's what they call lesser magic. It has psychological functions. A lot of it. Everything has psychological functions. Um, magic was just our ignorance. But when you use and my spirituality uh, from my uh, propensity to promote magic as a uh, spiritual conduit, I do believe energy manifests within um the function of uh will i don't think it's consciousness per se uh but will the the enacted perpetuation and per uh, permeation into the ether with intent causes outcome it's uh not consciousness as per se will um and then I'm going to go into Will, uh, not today, uh, I'm going to touch on probably Nisha, Friedrich Nisha, uh, probably talk about the will of power. Um, I'm obviously going to, I know I was going to do thought with Naga, but it's just, it's just, I just don't know why that uh, we go up in arms about a, and the, the false testimony with Trump, like, I'm not a Trumper. I mean, read if you want to hear my opinions on Trump, watch my episode. Uh, you know, I take shots at everybody. It just so happens 
that a lot of <laughs> free speech is taken away by Democrats. And I'm not for government, really. So um, i kind of not a big fan of large, uh, modern libertarianism. Or, yeah, I'm good with classical libertarianism. It's like a mix between left and right, and it's like, eh, more right, but yeah, not really, because I'm really promoting as an advocate that I don't need a big brother to tell me how to operate my autonomy or, like, really operate my life. I don't need to be babysat by a police state. Uh, I hope, you know, we all should just have huge, massive guns, and uh, maybe we'd all be a little civiler, but it's it's all right. <clears throat> I'm not allowed, so, yeah, out the door. <clears throat> main function, main part, and main point is uh, nobody, and this might even be the problem, social media is in lockstep. Uh, it seems like Silicon Valley and all the major tech platforms and tech censorship is all going on and everybody's aware and everyone's craving the opposition. Um, when you force an artificial insemination of ideas, it pushes people in the opposite side. Uh, this is a trend we see within social political structure. We, we, we see the pendulum swing. It is in nature, once we fall within a consensus, that we fall in the other one because we've gone too far, then we push each other to the wrong side, and then everybody's on the right, and then everybody's on the left. Um, and they artificially create it. Uh, I think that, despite how fucked the FBI is, uh, I think that that's the point that they've been trying to do with modern media. They created this pattern in the 80s, definitely, um, and then capitalized on the uh, legacy media outlets. Well, media is no longer in the hands of a few. It's like uh, media at one point when I was in college and when I was in high school, uh, one guy, it was like... Uh, so like a Warner Brothers or something, um, owns like 70% of the fucking media. He owns 70% of the outlets and media. And this is why we would see the same fucking thing on every channel. It's like Mockingbird, but in step with aristocratic uh, interest. So everything you saw was really just to benefit the elite. Um, and now we've seen that slip. We've seen that slip with the introduction of mass media. Mass media in the hands of any individual. Like, I definitely don't agree with, like, maybe we uh, should have more trusted outlets. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm even being a little bit uh, um, self-deprecating here, but uh, um, should it really influencers with uh, very little uh, socio-political economic uh, 
clear um, mm, a framework that they understand or live by or really promote? Should we really have uh, social media influencers as the main function who just want to make a buck? Um, I certainly want to make a buck. And, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm basically just uh, shitting on myself here, but it's all right. Um, I might have to restart all this shit because it's fucking trash. As I understand, including the one preceding this one, has hired people who have been committee staff. I don't think there's a statutory limitation. If uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate think that... Uh, uh, partisan, um, or I'm not sure. What That's how Preparara got his job. He worked for Schumer, and then he ended up in the Southern District. So we have people who can be lobbyists and then prosecutors. We have people who can be political consultants and then prosecutors. We have people who can be partisan committee staff and then prosecutors. The public integrity section has jurisdiction over election integrity, correct? Uh, it has a uh, 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 jurisdiction over election crimes, yes. Yes. So uh, is there any prohibition against people who've been lobbyists, um, partisan committee staff, or political consultants actually going in and serving in the public integrity section? Or is that allowed? Just say again, uh, the hiring in the public integrity section is a career hire uh, made under the civil service. It's not made... I know, I'm worried about their prior career, though. See, what, what I think is that... If, if someone has been a, a political operative, to then put them in charge of election crimes, it's kind of like having the fox guard the hen house, don't you think? Oh, so if, if you think that, that would be a perfect example of something the House should pass a statute barring people from particular professions from working in the Justice Department. I, and would you support that legislation? I'd have to look at what it is, and I have to look at whether it, it itself violates the First Amendment. But I, I, I think there have ever been any restrictions like that before. I, I appreciate your open-mindedness, uh, and, and I hope that persists during your time at the department. Would you provide the committee a list of lobbyists, former lobbyists, or just former political consultants who work in the public integrity section so that we might inform on the legislation that you've suggested we might consider? I don't intend to create a list of career officials and what their previous jobs were. So, so if there are people who, were, who literally were political operatives who have prosecuting authority in the area that oversees elections, you won't give us the list. I don't have any that idea whether there is any such person. Time of the gentleman has expired, Ms. Scanlon. And here I'm back. All right. I had a little clip there. That was Matt Gates doing wonders, doing wonders. He uh, was one of the few people who talked about Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, literally submitted and I quote, submitted the hard drive into Congress when everyone, including the FBI, claimed as it was not possible to find. And that's the problem. Uh, we're back on censorship here. Uh, now, I think there's extreme Ulterior motives when it comes to advocacy of uh, First Amendment rights by Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm going to get back to it because I never actually explained why he's so terrible. And it's pretty upsetting why I have to explain why he's so terrible. 
He wants to literally put a chip in your brain. I mean, that should be self-evident enough uh, to maybe not being a good idea or relative to the function of uh, ulterior motives. That I say that, but you can use left and right hemispherical dorsal prefrontal cortex expression to control normative behavior, not only with potential of action, but also with severity of expression. So you put a chip in your brain, and there you go. Now he can control how you're being expressed in that behavior, and also whether you act in accordance, your likelihood of acting, to the prescribed destruction of that normative behavior. Uh, this is the problem. This is the problem. There's a lot of problems with Elon. He's like, oh, our fucking goddamn space agency is paying for 80% of the budget for Starlink. No, 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 no. He was receiving government, well, actually, UN subsidies, I should explain. Um, I don't have the clip. Uh, he does do a testimony where he admits that Starlink, all operational costs are uh, really done by the UN. He's another form of an aristocrat that wants to keep his position of good grace from the community to hide the fact he's no better than fucking I or not Einstein. Um who stole all that shit from Tesla? Uh Edison. He's no better than fucking Edison. He's just somebody who has a lot of money and makes good decisions. He's not really does he really take part in any engineering process? He might know a background in engineering but he's just a good businessman. He's not some famous great, or he's not a famous inventor. Like he isn't, he did do PayPal. I'll give him that. Um, but really he's just an entrepreneur. Like he's just good with money and shit. Uh, he even stated Edison was his idol, which is disgusting. And then he names it his car company, Tesla as almost, oh, it's just mocking. Um, it's mocking it's so mocking and then he wants you to line up and put a chip in your brain to verify identity this has been introduced on joe rogan they use joe rogan as a platform to see the acceptance when a concept is interjected into the conscious the public consciousness and that's really what Joe Rogan's about. I mean, look at episode 666. He's doing some crazy fucking goddamn... Uh, they call it Tibetan throat singing. But um, I had a crazy experience on shrooms one time. I was listening to a 666 fucking episode. And lo and behold, like, it was like demons and spirits were just like all over the place. And it was just a fucked up experience, man. Um, 
just saying they never took off their robes. They even joked about it a little too much. A little too much, in my opinion. But that doesn't change that he has FBI agents and uh, military personnel under constant, uh, what is it, like, surveillance. Like, well, not really surveillance, but, like, detailed security. He, he gets paid. He even has it in another. Both of these are, uh, it's that fucking midnight crazy-ass show where the fucking dude jumps in the little 3D thing and tries to, like, data mine fucking um, relics from a virtual reality, and then he takes them into, re into reality. Um, it's just a crazy experience. It's a crazy experience. Um, and that's the conclusion I came to, because he starts saying shit, and he interjects it into, like, subtly into multiple different episodes, just like the warning about misinformation. That's another justification they use. Misinformation. Who defines its misinformation? Obviously, um, they can deplatform and stop any individual from actually producing that evidence. I mean, Project Veritas, and they're pretty fucking uh, controversial. Uh, I don't know what you think about, um, because I have uh, mixed feelings about um, Project Veritas, to be honest. Yes, they 100% show the... Uh, exact context but i mean come on man if you're doing that and you're like in a date with a chick you're you're gonna boast a bit you know you're gonna maybe over exaggerate and be bombastic to uh impress i mean who doesn't do that shit uh, especially on a first date or something uh so it's it's Sometimes Project Veritas does great work, and other times it's just funny. <laughs> like, um, so I take it with a grain of salt. Uh, doesn't mean I don't enjoy uh, the trolling. The guy totally provides hilarious uh, quality content, and he um, will ambush about anybody. So I'll give him credit on that, and I'm I'm cool with that. Like. Uh, there's value in that because if the individual is willing to be so candid about a uh, exclamation or point to it, then they have not very strong feelings either way and they just do it for the opinion to be swayed upon who's present. That's the point. That's the point. Um, it really shows the moral ambiguity politicians and people who are in elected positions of power produce. That's the main point. That's the main point because you don't get to hear people.
talk in in such a uh, unstressful, unregulated uh, setting without their guard being up. So uh, you get to see who they really are. And if they are so dismissive as to a conviction to their uh, morals or ethics, then I certainly don't feel very strongly about them. I think that's the beauty of the podcast era, the beauty of the independent journalist, you know, the conspiracy theorist, if you will. Uh, The beauty of it is that there's always a market for them and they don't need millions and millions of dollars. So they, they care less about public opinion and have more conviction as to their own opinion. I think that's kind of uh, a beautiful thing. And it's the authenticity within media is something that has been lacking for a long time. And we need that back. We need that back. We also need the opposition. You can't just have the narrative. That's important. That's important today in this day and age. But, um, like I said, it was Trump and, you know, that's just another form right there, the Hunter Biden thing. Um, there's going to be massive. This is the end here, like the end battle, like definitely for a free internet. I remember when I was in high school, they actually tried to censor the internet. And they've always tried to censor the internet. Um, arguably, it sucks. It sucks to say this, but you should have some regulations. Like, but I think it all should be not uh, not government based regulation. It should be user based. But then that's how we got into this fucking mess. <laughs> you know, to be honest. Uh, but hmm. It's just difficult. It's really difficult of a way, but we can't let the government do it. We can't, we can't let the government do it because then it'll be whatever they dictate. This is how we end up in this mess where you have uh, literal doctors who are saying, hey, look, you know, if you use zinc, well, then that can bind to the spike protein, and you just need an ionophore of distribution to permeate the bilipid membrane. You don't need to take a vaccine. Well, uh, I wish a lot more people heard that than just me. But that's the shit we miss, the opposition who don't go and agree with it. And I heard something crazy. Uh, it's There's going to be a crazy bill that comes into effect on January 1st, 2023. Uh, you're not going to be able to kick out <laughs> homeless people who reside on your property. They're going to take away uh, all semi-automatics under a certain year. It's, oh my God. 
I, I, I actually haven't checked into it yet, so I don't want to speak too much on it. I just want to make that into the uh, public consciousness as a possibility because I'm running out of time here. I'm getting close to it. Um, and there's a lot more I wanted to talk about with Trumps and Comey and fucking uh, Bannon. Bannon, that's another one. It's the, the, the point we're at is going to define the future. And I, I want to emphasize that a lot because this isn't just normal times. These are the future regulation for unfounded communication in an aspect we've never seen before. And if... They control, if they control everything, they regulate everything. Dictation as to what, um, what is it called? What uh, misinformation is. Well, then, just like earlier, you can't say it came from a lab. But what do you know? When you listen to both sides, I believe... You're intelligent enough to discern fact from fiction. And you should have that right. You shouldn't be limited to hearing only one aspect they want you to hear. That's that's where we're at. That's what we should do. That is... The only... Limitation to the uh, liberation of self is Hegelian dialectic. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm going to get back. Um, next section is actually going to be um, my analysis of uh, a Supreme Court case. But I've got a couple more Supreme Court cases in the mix um, because there's a lot going on. I just wanted to throw this in as a interjection to really what the fuck is going on. All right. This is the Human Condition Podcast, where the only liberation to the freedom of expression is Hegelian dialectic. All right. Uh, you know, I'm going to start out with and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there's on these Supreme Court cases. I'm gonna pull out uh, my most uh, perceived uh, f- uh, argument or uh, statement under um, testimony to the Supreme Court that I find is uh, relevant. But uh, I, I did Wilkins and more. I did Wilkins and I mean Wilkins in United States. Um, I did more. So we're gonna um, we're gonna go ahead and MOAC Mall Holdings LLC versus Transform Hold Cope in Re Sears Holding Corporation. In Re Sears Holding Corporation, debtor Transform Holding Co LLC, a appell cross appellant. MOAC, Mall Holdings LLC, uh, Appellant, Cross Appellee, 
Uh, that's just all fucking goddamn Latin. Because, you know, you gotta have Latin to convolute any speech that's gone in law. Um, you know, I, I will go in a whole bit where it's like, oh, uh, dude, was Latin the first form system for social uh, cohesion? No, it was not, but whatever. Uh, summary order. Rulings by summary order do not have precedent effect. Citation to the summary order filed on or after January 1st. And I just heard this shit like, oh, whatever. Is permitted and governed by Federal Rule Appellate Procedure 3212 and this court's local rule 3211. When citing a summary order in a document filled by the court a party must cite either a federal appendix or an electronic database with the notation summary order a party citing to a similar order must serve a copy of it to any party not represented by counsel at a stated term the united states court of appeals for the second circuit held that thoroughgood marshall united states courthouse and this is like kind of like uh, a little bit of their their arguments. We're going to probably go through each individual uh, code and conduct, like the uh, Pellin Cross Appellimo Holding Co. appeals from the judgment of the United States District Court for Southern District of New York. Dismissed as moot under 11 U.S.C. Statute 363. And you gotta go all the way to the hyperlink, and you gotta go to that actual statute, and you gotta be like, oh, well, what's this shit? Well, it's, uh, responsibilities of the Attorney General. And this is, uh, there, I heard a, a pretty good, um, back and forth, uh, I think it was, uh, Cleo or something, or, yeah. Anyways, I can't remember which judge it was, to be specific, um, but they were talking. Um, the um, counter, the uh, plaintiff, was saying that uh, even though there's an action of uh, culpability to the individual who's working with an agent of the state, and that's what's fucked up, is uh, if, they, if the state doesn't actually want to put resources into it, um, they can allow any... Uh, any agent working within or under this specific uh, court case to bring it into court and they will be acting within a third party of representation for the state but they receive 25% of the uh, accumulated uh, gross uh, restitutions. And uh, under this, the third party was able to achieve a higher. Yeah, that doesn't. Even, we're going to go back to um, section three seven three zero civil actions for false claims. Uh, they do argue at a point where it's the attorney general loses. Um, uh, unilateral decision on and loses power within the governance for this because this section does give an allocation of uh, power to bring these lawsuits into fruition to the attorney general all right uh 
The Attorney General diligently shall investigate a violation under Section 3729. Uh, If the Attorney General finds that the person has violated or is violating Section 3729, I'm just going to tell you 3729 is a claim for a false claim. And uh, a uh, a claim, a false claim. I don't want to say it like that because that's redundant. But attorney general finds a person has violated or is violating three seven two nine. The attorney general may bring a civil action under this section against the person. B actions by private persons. Subsection 1. A person may bring a civil action for a violation of Section 3729 for the person and the United States government. The action shall be brought in the name of the government. (laughs) The action may be dismissed only if the court and the Attorney General give written consent to the dismissal of their reasons for consenting. Subsection 2. A copy of the complaint and written disclosure of substantially all material evidence and information the person possesses shall be served on the government pursuant to Rule 4. Subsection D. Subsection 4. Okay. Of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. And that's just uh, the rights of any civil action or civil lawsuit given under the courts. Uh, for the the Civil Rights Committee. Um, this is something that uh, I really hope happens. They uh, There's a couple House bills that are going on right now. Either way, it seems like our civil uh, rights uh, committees and advocacy groups for defamation and the, you know, the double, double A, uh, ANC, or and double NACP, or whatever, you know, it seems like the avenues and routes that we have had uh, prior to a transition into the modern age have been failing, but whatever. The uh, complaint shall be filled in camera, shall remain under a seal for at least 60 days, and shall not be served on the defendant until the court so orders. The government may elect to intervene and proceed with the action within 60 days after it receives both the complaint and the material evidence of information. Subsection 3. The government may, for good cause... You get, you get the whole bit. Uh, now, this, this is pretty... Um, pretty. Uh, we'll go to D4 real fast to give you context. Uh, oh, no, I'd have to pull up the other actual bill for that. Uh, okay, so this is just them stating the... Um, the uh, allocation of uh, consent of power to the individual to bring the case out. Uh, there's a few things in here that are, uh, I mean, uh, should the government be the one who uh, actually is, uh, can they, can, should they be able to allocate that responsibility out of the state hands into private business? That's another way for uh, prop up not just law, but, you know, create military and government contracts. We have an engineering corps. Why are we not using it? And we allocate these contracts to large businesses that don't get bids. That's the problem. It's just like Halliburton and fucking 9-11, man. It's they, when they don't give bids 
and they allocate these contracts, it forces the predictable behavior that allows for inside trading of these fucking government agencies and these government groups. You know, they got fucking Senate, House, you know, that kind of shit, and the fucking Supreme Court. Now, when they allocate these fucking large contracts for law, it could be the same outcome. It can predict the market behavior and allows for inside trading when they only get $700 fines. All right. Okay, government may dismiss the action notwithstanding the objections of the person initiating the action if the person has been notified by the government of the filing of the motion and the court has provided the person with an opportunity a hearing on motion. The government may settle an action, you know, government pawn showing the government that unrestricted participation of the course of the litigation by the person initiating in the action would interfere with the unduly... Delay the government prosecution of the case, or would repetitious, irrelevant, or for purposes of harassment, the court may, in the discretion, impose limitations on the person's participation, such as limiting the number of witnesses the person may call. That's pretty fucked up. There's uh, there's limitations here and dictations for their limitation. Um, I don't think that uh. There should be a clear indication that uh, an individual should be allowed to be limited, uh, particularly under volition of the state, if they're the ones who are uh, bringing the case about. And th this kind of relevant as well, I mean, um, with the other one where uh, they were assuming about land ownership, um, it seemed to me as if they had unilateral decision of authority. I don't think that that should be a uh, fair dictation, especially if the state is the one writing the laws and tells you that they have full, uh, they have full, in, they have full decision on, on all aspects of it. Q Tom plaintiff. This is why this is why they have so many fucking goddamn Latin words, man. If the government proceeds with an action brought by a person under subsection B, such person shall be subject to second upon the extent at which the person substantially contributed to the prosecution of the action. Where the action is, where which court finds to be based upon and it is hilarious. In this fucking bit, he's even talking. Um uh, and it's surprising. Most of the time you never get a uh, really overtly um, blunt and blatant uh, claim of misjudgment and understanding uh, through lower courts dictated by the attorney. Oh, I'm actually, I got to say, I think it's one... 10 is uh, where it starts. Oh, my God. It's the closing statements, and it's hilarious. Uh, they, they they basically say, well, you don't think you're, the Supreme Court has interpreted the bill uh, with precedent? And he's like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Just flat out. Uh, it's like, whoa. Because normally they're all like, yes, Your Honor. No, Your Honor. You know, like, I'm like and then they try to sugarcoat shit. <clears throat> 
uh, settling the claim shall receive amount of the court decides upon reasonable for collecting the civil penalty. And this is a, this is a right here. It says I, uh, the amount should not be twenty five percent and not more than thirty percent of the proceeds of the action or settlement and shall be paid out of such proceeds. Such person shall also receive an amount for reasonable expenses. Such as expenses, fees, and costs shall be awarded against the defendant. That's just another way to ensure that um, they're getting they're getting kickbacks. And they're going to have everything paid for. This is the same action as when they had um, the Stream Act and then the next act. By, uh, by one co-wrote under a uh, Senate um, representative in California. One by Kavanaugh in Arizona. But they work in lockstep. This is how they do it. They pass very meaningful or really less meaningful bills but a road to allow a loophole of dictation. This is uh, them completely abolishing the 1901 Proclamation Act and simultaneously passing a act of non-reimbursable funds, redefining it as reimbursable of operational costs, which the point of having a allocated uh, or allocating state funds or state Property for the production of a infrastructure is for it to pay off itself over time, not just us keep paying for it. Like our energy's fucked up, and they can have in India has a nuclear power plant that produces no nuclear waste. They want that nuclear waste because they want depleted uranium for tank shielding. But whatever. All right. Receive under paragraph 1 or 2 of the subsection to take into account the rule that person in advancing in the case of litigation and irrelevant circumstances pertaining to the violation. Then it goes back into 3729. That's just uh, the order at which the civil lawsuit should be in place. Um, they do... Um, offer uh they do and i think that's hilarious um they have a whole section pertaining that no um lawsuit civilly can be given to let's see here we go no court shall have jurisdiction over an action brought under subsection b against a member of congress a member of the judiciary or senior executive branch official if the action which is weird they just say that you can't do that um but they, I guess it's civil lawsuit because it's under civil, uh, they, they still have indictments. Um, it, it's just a little funny that they make special uh, proclamations for themselves, but then they'll roll over people like, uh, oh, who was, who was the, uh, the uh, senior advisor in the Trump staff for, uh, uh, there's a couple of them. There's a war advisor as well. Ah, oh, man, I wish I could remember their names. Ah, fuck. Anyways, they indicted everyone that uh, was working with Trump. Um, now, I think that's all a show because the government is really just controlled anyways. But, uh, whatever. 
They're creating division. Um, that's what that's all about. Relief from retaliatory actions. This is subsection H. I skipped a few with fees and expenses and clarifying on um, their uh, um, immunity towards these. The reason I bring up the relief, uh, there's an actual argument where um, the burden to the uh, bankruptcy is actually so encumbersome it does not allow um, for a, a a burden of relief. It's so burdening they need a relief because it's so vast that the individual can't pay it off. This is like why you see uh, like in civil lawsuits people getting paid billions or millions of dollars and it's just some like average Joe and he'll never pay it off in his entire life. It'll never pay it off. And these people will probably never get them. It's like when you order damages for someone who goes into life. You think they're going to pay it off on 10 cents a day for a fucking ramen? No, they're not. They're never going to get it back. Uh, Shall include reinstatement under the same seniority status that employee, contract, or agent that would have but for discrimination. Two times the amount of back pay, interest on back pay and compensation for any special damages sustained as a result of discrimination, including litigation costs and reasonable attorney fees and action under this. uh, See, they say reasonable under um, the plaintiff, uh, but when it's their, um, them bringing the um, court or the court case that's from the state, they just say attorney fees. Uh, so they can pay out as much as they want that they seem fit to the third party representing under them. This is how you get kickbacks, people. Small um, manipulations in language like that. That's how you get kickbacks. And that's what they do. But um, we're going to go back. Uh, this is um, back to the MOAC. Um, and so we got to go. That was 11 USC. MOAC's appeal is September 5th, 2019. It just did, I think, uh, 20, or uh, I think it was the 5th of 12th of 2022 is when they uh, reached the Supreme Court. Because, you know, these, these fucking goddamn court cases will literally... <laughs> last forever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They will last for years and years. And they'll drain the common man's bank account. Meanwhile, there seem to have an endless supply of black budget funding. All right. Uh, denied a rehearing. That's just the process of where it is, where it went through to the court and ended up to the actual Supreme Court, um, a district court's order in bankruptcy case is subject to plenary review. Meaning, that is, this court undertakes an independent exclamation of the factual findings and legal conclusions of the bankruptcy court. Bankruptcy's court conclusion of law reviewed de novo and its findings of fact for clear error. We review de novo questions about whether an appeal relating to a bankruptcy court decision is mute. Moot. So once they 
this is where there should be an appeal to another court for uh, re um, evaluation. You should be able to appeal it because it's a bankruptcy court, but you can't right now. This is like 100% a fact. They control bankruptcy, um, and it's just disgusting. It's so disgusting. You can't get your student loans gone, but say you want to um, buy a new Lamborghini, and you don't have the money for it, and you're like 26. Well, that's, that's just fine. Your bankruptcy will tow it away. It'll be fine. Mm. And then, if you're really smart, you can take a huge business loan, start a business, buy a bunch of assets, liquidate those assets into another LLC you own, then bankruptcy that company, then they fit the bill and the liquidation processes goes into the other LLC for buying the that uh, uh, assets at a reduced price. There you go. There's a loophole for you people. Uh, by order date of February 8th, 2009, the sale of order. The bankruptcy court authorized a sale under 11, you know, USC statute 363B, which, with the exceptions of uh, pertinence here, permits a trustee after notice and a hearing to use sale or lease property of the estate outside the ordinary course of business. Oh, it gets into so much more. I um, I recommend uh, you look at this yourself. You you should look at yourself because um, it's super in depth. It really is. Uh, there's a lot of legalese for every single statute and every single section where they make the arguments. But I'm gonna give it to you just the layman terms. I'm gonna give you the layman term one. So I can move on because there's a few more court cases um, that I want to talk about. I want to talk about a couple more court cases today. Uh, these are all relative, cause, uh, relatively new, I should say. Um, I've been kind of uh, preoccupied as of late dealing with other um, interests or uh, topics. So I haven't been able to unilaterally uh, focus my decision on following the Supreme Court. I'm probably going to have to go back to the House and look at what at least Arizona is doing. Uh, not a lot of people like that because it's not really relative to them. Um, but at least I know every single Supreme Court case uh, is relative to every... Because it's a federal dictation. This is going to be fucking now precedent, people, for all indications. Oh, district court's mailer ordered granting transform motion for rehearing and vacating a court's original decision. This is where they turned it back in interest of the federal in, in, in interest to the federal government. Now they did do that. They even talk about that in the oral argument. Um, but just notice uh, they're swaying towards um. Federal uh, dictation. Where there uh, any rehearing is going to have to be in by uh, judiciary, and that's where they can sway it even more. So if the bankruptcy is already working, the bankruptcy hearing, and it's a uh, entitled under that hearing of bankruptcy for the government, well, 
Now they have two ways of ensuring it. There's not a lot of advocacy for the individual who uh, is trying to fight under burden of uh, burden of relief. And there's a, there's a strict set for burden of relief. I, I didn't get to actually read the statute because um, there's 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 just a lot. There's so much to this shit. Um, this one's a very important one. I, I, I suggest you take a read um, personally, uh, especially if you're interested um, within um, bankruptcy law. Uh, I know that I was at one point, and who can blame you because the fucking world's shit. All right. So I'm gonna get back. This is uh, where, 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 what point am I at? Um, yeah, I'm at like 27 minutes here. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, pause here because I'm probably only gonna get one more case done. Uh, make sure this shit isn't fucking up. It fucks up a lot. All this always my fucking goddamn podcast fucks up. But this is an intermission. Hopefully, you actually enjoy. Um, an ad, if I even have one, because they still have yet to give me ads, even though I have uh, reached the criteria for such. All right.